Hi, I'm Margot. Hey, I'm Abby. Thank you so much for joining us on the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We have anxiety and we believe that our anxious feelings make us stronger people. One of our superpowers is being open, loving, and curious with ourselves. Yeah, we're all just doing the best we can one moment at a time, one breath at a time. And we're so glad you're on this journey of life with us. Here's the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back, warriors. So happy to see, not see, but be with you all again. Episode three coming at you today. Abby and I are super excited. Abby, are you excited? I'm super excited and I can see you. So I'm happy to see you. Yes, I'm happy to see you too. <laughs> it's hard to see people these days. We're only seeing half their face. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you're seeing them, you're not. I'm like, am I making that person laugh? Are they smiling? <laughs> Are they even looking at me? <laughs> Gotta love the mask game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are. Um, we were just chatting before we hit record about how so over the moon we've been with how much amazing feedback we've uh, received so far from so many wonderful listeners out there who have been uh, enjoying our first couple of episodes. And we were, of course, super anxious to put those out because we're anxious people hosting an Anxiety Warriors podcast. And so we kind of just hung out with bated breath, like, oh, are people even going to listen to this? Are they going to like it? Will they like us? Uh, Which is one of our things that we're anxious about all the time. Are we good (laughs) enough? Are we doing things well enough? Are we connecting? And so thank you to everyone that's listened so far and if you're new, we're so happy that you're with us and welcome. And we'd like to keep hearing from you, right? Yeah. So like, please shoot us a message on Instagram, email us. And uh, we're so excited to dive into today's topic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because we see- received so much awesome feedback from you all amazing anxiety warriors, we decided that some of the questions you all gave us, which thank you for those questions, were just so amazing and and even so deep and rich that we could expand on them with answers that could take up a whole episode, a whole podcast episode. So we have a great one for you today. Abby, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So this one's awesome. So uh, the question is with so many people trying to hide their anxiety with friends, family, et cetera, um, maybe you can tell stories of what made you decide to be more open about your anxiety to them or what gave you the courage to finally open up about it? Or even what made you feel like you could be more open about your anxiety to other people? And so, you know, we both agreed, like, this is an amazing question. And there's so much that we can unpack in this question. And so we kind of like, you know, broke it up into three different questions, which is, you know, why did we hide our anxiety? And do we still do it? Uh, What gave us the courage to be more open about it? And then we'll also talk a little bit about uh, how we've learned to set boundaries about who we are open with, because being open is not like a one size fits all for everybody. Yeah, I just want to make really clear that when Abby says we broke this up into three separate parts, that she broke this up into three (laughs) separate parts. And the reason I want to do that is because... Abby is just like the master outliner. And we've just been talking about like our strengths these last couple of weeks. And it's like, we're sharing the, the pod responsibilities and um, sticking to what feels really, really good and safe and wonderful for us. And so I'm just shouting out to Abby who broke this up brilliantly into three separate parts. So 
Thank you. Doing and- that because outlines <laughs> make me super anxious. <laughs> and, and now people know that it's on me. So if they don't like it, that makes me super anxious. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'll well, own it. I'll start with the first um, part yeah. of that question. So why did we hide our anxiety? Why did I hide my anxiety? Um, I guess at first I didn't know I was hiding anything because I didn't know I was anxious at all. <laughs> I was just having lots of big stuff happening to me um, in my physical body, in my mind, in my behaviors. And they were coming out of me in the weirdest ways, which we kind of talked a little bit about in episode two. Yeah. Um, and then when you know I was uh, in my late teens and I started figuring out, okay, when I had my aha moment and I realized that so much was happening surrounding this bigger, larger umbrella of anxiety and so many things that I attributed to other things was actually part of my anxious, anxious self. And so when I started realizing that those behaviors were due in large part to that, I kind of kept hiding because I felt obligated to keep others feeling safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so it was easy for me to put up a front put up that facade or the brave face. Um, I felt like I need to be the strong one or the calm one, or I have to be funny or lift the mood of the room and others around me. And to be frank, I put this weight on my shoulders. Nobody was demanding or asking it of me, but one of my ways of hiding how I was truly feeling or what I was struggling with was because I got used to everyone thinking, wow, Margo's really strong. Mm. Margo's you know, got it together. Margot seems really confident. And so I felt when I wasn't those things, A, that I was inadequate, Mm -hmm. B, that something was wrong and I didn't want to show it to anybody. I wanted to keep up that brave face. Um, And C, because I worried about the people around me and because I worried about them and I was anxious about what their needs were, it was just really easy for me to, um, shove everything that I was dealing with way beneath the surface under the rug. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but then it would still wind up coming out in other ways, right? I would still wind (laughs) up acting out or, or, you know, freaking out or having horrible, mostly it was horrible, physical pain, Mm. severe stomach pain, headaches and body tension. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can so relate to like everything you said, like one, the pressure Mm -hmm. that society puts on us in a sense to have it all together. Right. But then also the pressure we put on ourselves um, to act like we have it all together. And I, I hid my anxiety one at first because I didn't know I had it. But then, you know, also I was afraid of being judged. Um, you know, my anxiety oftentimes made me question what was wrong with me. Like that was a theme that always came up. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and um, and so. I hid it because I didn't want people to know there was something wrong with me. Um, And then also sometimes it was just like embarrassing to have anxiety over different situations. And I thought that I should um, have more control over it. Um, And so, you know, for me, it was just a lot of hiding it because I was embarrassed, you know, that other people would think I was making a big deal over nothing um, or I was afraid of being judged. And then, you know, I continued to like really hide it in like the dating scene. 
Um, dating's a little different in the anxiety for me. And um, I've mentioned anxious attachment before, and we'll talk about it at some other point, but that'll be a whole episode. That'll be, yeah, <laughs> that'll be like a whole season. <laughs> um, but a typical like anxious attachment style is usually attracted to an avoidant attachment style and their needs are fundamentally different where an avoidant like space and an ancient in anxious likes closeness. And so in the dating world, um, when someone that I was dating wouldn't communicate that they needed space and they just ghosted or they didn't, you know, it would send me into a tailspin, but I would never tell them. I could never let them know that them not communicating to me had that much power over me. Um, once I learned about anxious attachment and my go-to patterns, um, I was able to be like, oh, okay, date more secure style men. And I felt safe enough to communicate my anxious needs, which has really worked out with, um, with my fiance, Dan. He's so supportive of me just sharing my anxiety. Um, but, you know, I still, you know, I'm done with the dating scene. I'm not hiding that part anymore. Um, I still hide it a little bit with COVID, though. Like you and I were just talking about COVID right before we hopped on. And, um, you know, one of the things is I think my anxiety around COVID is a little bit more than other people. And so if someone steps too close to me, even if they have a mask on, like my anxiety spikes or if anyone's like walked into my house without a mask, like it spikes to the point where like, like I like, it's like faint or freeze. Like I'm in like a panic wow. state. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but I hide that because I'm embarrassed because, and I know that's silly, right? But I, I hide it because I'm embarrassed because I don't think people have the same COVID needs as me. And so I'm like, get it together. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. It's that get it together. It's like you're putting, mm -hmm. you're the one putting that on yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if the people who probably don't, wouldn't think you were crazy. If you said, Hey, I'm just still a little anxious about people being in my home without a mask or, yeah. or somebody stepping into my personal space. I think that most people, right. If you yeah. tell them they're going to understand. Yeah. But and even if they don't understand, they'll respect your wish, your boundary, you know, the fact that you're anxious about it, or at right. least you would hope that the person that you're close with in, in proximity with would understand. Yeah. But it, it goes back to what you were saying was like, you know, we don't want to be an inconvenience, mm -hmm. right? We don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Right. And so even though like, it's like a, like a, we're willing to sacrifice our comfort. So everything looks okay. Even when it's not. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen that? There's this commercial for some kind of medication where, and it always makes my husband, Adam and I laugh or it makes him laugh. And then I wind up laughing too. And, but I, I, I like the sentiment behind it, but mm -hmm. the commercial itself is, it's kind of funny. It's just like a woman, I think maybe, maybe she's depressed or, or, you know, again, just putting on that brave face, like we're talking about. And then she's holding up like a cardboard smiley face over her face mm -hmm. in the commercial. And then she drops it and you see that she's not happy. She's yeah. not smiling like this, but there's something that wasn't well choreographed about this commercial, which just <laughs> makes us smile, but at the same makes us crack up kind of, but at the same time, the sentiment behind it, right. makes complete sense to me. Yeah. It's like, this is what we do. We put up a face, we put up a, um, a front to make sure that we're not causing anyone else any discomfort. Yeah. And that's because we always, as I think typically as a society, um, or maybe just as women, or maybe just you and me, who knows, are constantly just trying to put others' needs before ours. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of taught from a young age, it's like care for other people, care for other people. Yep. 
you know, take care of them, take care of them, take care of them. And there's not a whole lot of emphasis on take care of yourself, Mm self-compassion, self-care. There's a lot more attention paid to it now, just like there is surrounding mental health, thankfully, and anxiety awareness, but that can kind of get sticky too, right? Those are kind of buzzwords and they're trendy and they're not really, people aren't necessarily digging deep on what it means to be self-compassionate and how to practice self-compassion. So I really deeply resonated with everything you just shared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we definitely see eye to eye on this point. So the next question, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot this one to you first. Okay. Um, what gave us the courage to be more open and how we practice the openness and vulnerability? Yeah. So I guess the the first part of the courage was just the self-awareness. Um, once, once I was diagnosed with anxiety, once I learned about anxiety, um, it was like parts of my life. It's like that aha moment you said earlier. It's like things like fell into place. It was like, oh, this is why I did this, or this is why I felt this way. And so in some ways I wanted to be like, hey, I have anxiety. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with me. Right? Like, <laughs> Back to the picket signs from when you were in DC. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I have anxiety. I have anxiety. This is anxiety manifesting. (laughs) So, so that part really helped in giving me courage to like share it with like close friends and close, you know, and family and stuff. Um, And then in like my late twenties, I had this another aha moment um, about like a deeply held belief that I'm not good enough. And it was like, such a big aha moment that I started to share it with other people. It was vulnerable, but especially with like my good friends and stuff, I could share it. And they were like, oh yeah, I felt that way too. And it all of a sudden changed my relationships to what I was seeking. I was Mm. seeking meaningful, connected relationships. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, oh, I can have these, you know, authentic relationships where we can be all of ourselves with each other because we actually like many of us feel not good enough at something, you know, many of us have anxiety. And so um, really just like the, the self-awareness and the self-understanding really led for me to have more self-compassion to really just embrace and accept who, who I am. Right. And have that courage to really just let people see that. Um, the other part that I would just say, and it, it kind of ties into what we're going to go into in a little bit was that I also realized like anytime I didn't feel safe being me and I didn't feel courageous sharing about my anxiety or how I was feeling in the moment, that was information for me too. Either I was in like the wrong relationship or the person hadn't earned that trust um, for me to be vulnerable with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love everything you said for sure. Um, And I agree it for me, part of the, what made me find the courage, I suppose, or want to be more open and vulnerable is just kind of like what you were saying, finding a like-minded community and the way that you find like-minded community is by being open and vulnerable. Mm. Because once you start showing yourself or saying the quiet part out loud, yeah, And then you get that feedback like, oh man, me too. Right. Yeah. And then immediately someone's like somebody I can talk to about deeper, more personal shiitake, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well <It's> done. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm doing a little bow. I know this is a podcast, audio media, but I am bowing right now. Shiitake, that'll be our, 
our special word. Just so we don't have to label our podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And I just, once I started being more open and vulnerable and just finding that one moment of courage, saying the quiet part out loud, and then the feedback you get when you do that. And then it winds up being a rippling effect because one little bit of courage leads to the next little bit of courage leads to meeting more people who are courageous and say the thing out loud that you're like, Oh man, I can't believe that person had the guts to say that out loud. And now I want to be just that brave and say something else that scares me out loud to people and see what comes back at me. And even if the response isn't so great, or people give me a side eye or a look, I'm reached a place where I don't give a whole lot of F's anymore. (laughs) Maybe that's just the the age and stage where I'm in in my life. But um, the good news about being a grown woman versus being a teenager when I learned I was anxious is is simply like we're going to talk about finding the people that have earned my trust, that that have a track record of being good listeners and good um, understanding people. So- and uh, I didn't, I don't know. I don't have any apps to give anymore about how I might be perceived by, by anybody. And so that certainly helped with my own courage. And it's not like that. But um, my point is that you're not necessarily going to open up any conversation with some mm-hmm. of this stuff. But if you're in a safe space with safe people or ones that you're, you're building relationships with, and you're even looking to find out, sometimes I'll test the person I'm talking to. I'm like, all right, I think this person might be someone I can be connected with. Let me see if I can say something that's mm-hmm. maybe considered a little bit off the cuff or controversial and see how they respond. And it's like, is this one of my people or is this someone who I'm just going to be very casual with, or that's not really going to be a figure in my life? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It's like a, it's risk taking, but it's also like risk assessment. Like how, you know, am I just going to show all of who I am or like, like back to that lady with her mask, right? Like, am I just going to poke an eye out and like, say like, Hey, here's some of me, what is this person going to do? Right. Cause maybe they haven't right. earned the right to see your real face. Right. And then yes. if they respond with, you know, love, compassion, understanding, connection, then you're like, all right, now I'll show both my eyes. Like I just right, slowly <laughs> peel the mask away. Yeah. Right? One of my favorite quotes is actually something I shared in, in an Instagram post from last night. This is tear off the mask. Your face is glorious oh, by Rumi. Yeah. And it's just, I have it on a bag. It's just one of my favorite quotes. And, um, there, it's just so deep. I mean, all Rumi quotes are deep, but it's like simple and short, but also mm-hmm. really, really deep. And when I say tear off, tear off the mask, I don't mean, you know, while you're in supermarkets, yeah. <laughs> I mean the, you know, that proverbial mask, the metaphorical mask that we all kind of wear to hide right. who we are yeah. sometimes with, with certain people, but all right, getting into our third part Let's here about boundaries. the boundaries. <laughs> you want to go first? Sure. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of what we've already been hinting at. Deciding who you want to show yourself to and when is appropriate is, um, is a skill for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I like to say that I just believe in finding your people Mm -hmm. and you're going to be too much for people. Sometimes I know I am too much for people all the time. And again, I've embraced this as a superpower because it just helps me to know that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I love yeah. myself. I'm here to stay. And as long as I'm not actively hurting the people around me and that it isn't, and it isn't clear, 
I'm just going to say how I say it and feel how I feel and um, make sure I'm surrounding myself with my kind of people. And how I do that is by those little steps of courage. And that's how you grow your community of people that you feel safe with, that have a track record of being good listeners, being kind and compassionate, that also reciprocate and mirror for you some of the things that you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I mean, I hear, you know, so much in there and, and one, one of the things is like, it's a process, right? Learning how to set boundaries is a process, having the courage to show up and share who you are as a process. Um, and so I'm hearing like for you, part of what's helped you really accept yourself and not care what other people think is the journey and the process and the taking risks and the learning from the risks um, and the just like constantly practicing being you in a way that feels authentic, but also navigating when it's more or less safe. Right. Sense. Or appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing that I heard, which kind of ties into what I was thinking about with this question is um, really your intention for being open, right? Like what is your intention to share? Like, Hey, I have anxiety or I am feeling anxious right now. Um, and I think that sometimes like knowing your intention helps you figure out if you want to set boundaries or not, or who to set boundaries with. Um, I know that there's been a number of times where um, I've shared a feeling and someone's tried to fix it, or they've tried to give me unsolicited advice. And, um, or they've, you know, um, I was doing an improv show, you know, over a year now, because, you know, things close. And um, I was with my group and we had we had been together. I think this was like our fifth level or something. And so this is like the fifth time we have to do a performance in front of the community. And it causes me so much stress. I'm sweating. I feel like I'm going to pee in my pants. Like it's very, I don't, I like improv. I don't like the onstage end of the show thing. And we were getting ready and we were behind the stage, behind stage. Um, and I just remember I was like shaking and I was like, ah, I'm so anxious right now. I feel like I'm going to pee my pants. And one of the guys on the team was like, and I didn't know him that well. And, you know, and he was like, that's dumb. You shouldn't feel that way. Mm. And when he said that to me right before he went on show on the show, like on stage, like all even now I'm triggered again. Like all I saw was yeah. red. Like when people tell me not to feel the way I'm feeling like I want to punch you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like violence is not the answer, but that's the feeling that I get is how dare you tell me how I should feel. But in that moment, like I really learned like, oh, what was my intention in sharing that? Right. Like (laughs) was my intention sharing that because I just needed to be heard and like name the feeling to tame it was my intention in sharing that. Like I needed support from my teammates was my intention sharing that like, oh, I probably should run to the bathroom to make sure I don't pee my pants. Like, you know, like what was my intention? And so I think this really ties into boundaries is just the ability to when we're deciding we want to be courageous and we want to open up and we want to, you know, take a risk, like what is the actual intention that we have in sharing this? Um, And so I feel like that really helps. Um, And then, you know, also just like when I think about boundaries, I always think about Brene Brown who, who talks about how people have to earn your trust, right? They have, they don't, they don't, when you first meet someone like they, I'm going to sabotage it, but they don't already like, they don't earn the right to your story. 
right? They have to prove that they deserve the right to your story. And so that's like something I always think about when I think about boundaries is like, does, how much does this person get from me? They yeah. need to know everything. Yeah. And it's, I, it's super tricky. And just so you know, I saw red for you just now when you said <laughs> that about what that guy said to you, it made me like tense up and that would have made me probably want to retreat. Cause I'm yeah. either, I'm mm. either like ready to, ready to blow. Like you said, like I want to punch mm-hmm. you yeah, <laughs> or, or now I want to crawl into a hole and yeah. cry. Thanks for bringing the nervous system in. So I don't sound like a violent, it was like the fight, fight or flight response. Right. That's like, exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it triggered it in me and I wasn't even there, but I've been yeah. in those situations before. And what I heard you saying too, is that seeking the validation from other people, mm-hmm. right? So not knowing what your intention was, you weren't yeah. sure why you were sharing this bit of information with everybody. Yeah. And maybe it was just because you had it in your brain and it just came out and that's mm-hmm. okay too. And sometimes yeah. we're just going to say things and maybe that gentleman, not so gentleman, but maybe he just said the first thing that came to his mind, which is like, huh, how tuned in is that person about yeah. feelings in general, right? In the yeah. moment, you don't have time to process what's going on with their sh- shiitake. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, I feel for like, you're about to step on a stage and really show yourself in a vulnerable mm-hmm. way. And to be sort of like, have that blockade be put up would is just A, disappointing. Yeah. And B, must have been really, really challenging. Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of the worst shows I did. Like I couldn't be present. Yeah. I, I wasn't be present. present. Yeah. Exactly. And I was doing all my tools. I was feeling the bottoms of my feet and I was breathing and, but it didn't, it didn't matter. I was activated. And mm-hmm. then I had to stay on that stage with that person. And of course he didn't mean to like harm me or anything, but, but that was his attitude always. It was like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have the experience you're having. <laughs> He wasn't one of your people. He wasn't one of my people. And so he gets he the wall. That. He gets the boundary. Right. You get the yeah. boot. <laughs> yeah. He gets the boot. Yeah. yeah. Right off that stage. Kick him right off the stage. So uh, what you said about that you were activated. And I think it's really important that we say that more often mm-hmm. as yoga teachers, as mentors, as coaches, that when we, we are, our nervous systems are tested all the time Yeah, and we're not always going to get it right. It doesn't matter how often we practice. We're not always going to get it right. Mm. And so just knowing that it's okay. I'm going to, this, this moment will pass and I can, I'll have another go at this, this type of experience again, another time. And just, um, so for anyone listening, you know that you can be practicing this stuff all the time and it's going to come up where you can practice all you want. And if you're in a certain state, may not be able to jump out of it as quick as you want. Right. Your tools aren't always as strong as you hope they are. Yeah. No, but it's an important reminder, right? Because one of the things we're trying to do here is offer some tips and techniques along with being relatable and hopefully connecting with certain um, elements of our own background with anxiety and our stories. Yeah. But just knowing that we struggle still all the time, no matter how often we practice, it's, it's a practice. It's a practice. And, and, you know, like for our listeners that maybe don't understand as much about anxiety for them, but they have a loved one that has anxiety, right? Like you might have that experience where you've said to someone like, that's, you know, that's silly. You're feeling that way. Get over it. You know, like, yeah, get over it. Just let it go. (laughs) And, and what I would just recommend is like, or, you know, offer is that, um, 
you don't have to necessarily understand it to just say that sucks because anxiety sucks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to understand why that person's feeling anxious. You don't even really have to care if you don't want to care. <laughs> but 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 rather than telling someone to just get over it, that's like the least helpful thing to tell someone when they're feeling anxiety. Just even like, wow, that sucks, does so much more in that moment for someone because it validates their experience. Yeah, and what you I'm glad you brought up for anyone listening that isn't necessarily experiencing the anxiety themselves, but may know a family member, a coworker, a friend, a loved one that does. Um, and you brought this up before about trying to make sure that when you are, um, that you had gotten some unsolicited feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, when you were talking about the, at the very beginning, when you were sharing about, um, about boundary setting, that when you get that unsolicited feedback, if you're kind of listening to this right now and you're nodding your head and you're like, yeah, I think I've given some unsolicited feedback sometimes. Something that's really helpful is even just asking if the person's looking for feedback. What do you need yeah. right now? Do you want some feedback? Do you want me to tell you what I feel like I'm hearing from you? Do you want me to just sit here and listen, be with you? Do you Would you like a, a hug or um, a cuddle, can I get you something, right? Like there are different things that you can um, mm -hmm. express. And sometimes just saying that sucks or that yeah. sounds like it was really hard yeah. is is a lot, is more than you know to that mm -hmm. person who's experienced that anxiety or coming to you because you're maybe you're one of their people and they love and trust you. Yeah. Even if you've messed up before, don't beat yourself up. We've done it too. Yes. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, get over, give me a break. Not, <laughs> not to, not to children, not to students, but generally speaking, it comes out every once in a while. That's just the way Let it's it going to go. But <laughs> Oh God, don't even. <laughs> I, I did want to sing reflection earlier when we were talking about the mask because reflection, you know, go for it. I'm not going to sing it, but that was like, in high school, that was my jam. That was like my like heart's yearning and longing because I, I didn't feel like my reflection showed. So when you were um, cheering earlier about that courage, like in my mind, I had Christina Aguilera singing, when will my reflection show? Nice. I do enjoy that song. Again, we're seriously aging ourselves with some of these references. <laughs> <laughs> Three episodes in, it's very clear. Oh, we are. Mm -hmm. what generation we were raised in, I should say. Which, you know, we had a lot of experience. We had a lot of insecurity yeah. when we were younger. We wanted to be more confident. And mm -hmm. through practices and self-awareness and communication and community and loads of other words I could throw out there, like it helped us get to a place of feeling stable and secure and confident being us. You're mm -hmm. here, spare fingers, twinkles and sparkle and shine. Okay. Okay. Um, so awesome. This yes. felt really good to, to break this down into these three parts and hopefully it was helpful to all our lovely listeners out there. Uh, are we going to, are we going to start our new thing today? Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Thank you so much for reminding me. Mm -hmm. I would have been really bummed out if I forgot. So we would like to start this new little tag for the end of every episode where one of us or potentially our future guests is going to share their win of the week, mm -hmm. win of the week. What does that mean? It's just anything big or small. It doesn't have to be monumental or, um, any huge, extraordinary accomplishment. It could be the tiniest little thing like, Hey, I got up 
when my alarm went off this morning, <laughs> I didn't have to hit, you know, snooze 18 times. <laughs> it could literally be the tiniest thing that was a win for you and just, um, shout it out here on the pod. So if you have a win of the week and you want to share it with us again, just send us a message on Instagram or email us. And I'm going to be making a post about this soon to hopefully collect mm-hmm. some wins of the week. And for any of our future guests, we'll share theirs as well. But Abby had a great one that she shared with me before we got rolling. So what's your win of the week, girl? So win of the week was I was speaking to my mom last night and I asked, did you listen to the podcast? And of course, my mom's like, yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, but what moms. She, <laughs> supportive moms are great when you're first starting a podcast. <laughs> and um, she said when she was listening to the childhood episode, obviously, she enjoyed the uh, Washington, D.C. trip retold. <laughs> she pointed out a few parts I had been missing in it. Um, apparently, me walking on my knees was earlier in the day and not after a full day of walking. (laughs) (laughs) It had only been 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then I was like, well, of course I had anxiety, but, um, but the, but the win part of the conversation was my mom realized she started thinking about her childhood and how behaviors and actions and things that she did in her childhood also came from anxiety that she wasn't aware of. And so, you know, not only did my mom support listening to this podcast, but she reflected and she had her own aha moment from it. And for me, that just like makes my heart so sparkly and happy. Yeah, that's a really big win. Not all the wins have to be that serious, (laughs) y'all. Just so you know, I I mean, I thought that was the perfect win for our first win of the week. Thank you for sharing. Thanks to Mama, Mama, Abby's Mama, Mama. For That's sharing. her name, Mama, 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 <laughs> Mama, Mama, Rama. Okay. Uh, I want to thank you so much. I know Abby is so grateful too for everyone that has um, sent us messages on Instagram, words of love, emails, mm-hmm. and who have left us a rating and a review on Apple already. I feel like yeah. we're we're like kicking ASS on this already. I, I'm really excited for like, it's only been a week. We've only had these two episodes and mm-hmm. our anxious hearts are warmed and we're really stoked to keep talking to you all. And yeah. so we'd love to hear from you. If you have topic ideas, things you're curious about surrounding anxiety or the human condition, please reach out to us at anxiety warriors podcast on Instagram or anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for joining us and supporting us on this journey of, of what we're all sharing is being human. So thank you. We love you, warriors. Till next time.